get right into it here uh, because we're going to be talking about prayer. Uh, we're going to be talking about prayer this month, and we're going to be talking about the effects of prayer. And when I think about things that have an effect on something, I don't know how many of you, uh, maybe when you were younger or maybe even now, you like to skip rocks. Has anybody ever done that? You go like and you skip rocks, right? Like we've all skipped rocks, you know, and you find, you try to find the right rock. Here's, here's my favorite. You go and you're like, yeah, this is it. This is the one. This is the rock, right? You go out and you throw it and it's like, you know, it's like right there. And you're like, what is happening? And, 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 and then you'll find the one that you're like, there's no way this thing skips. And you throw it and it goes like 17 times across. And you know you'll never be able to do that again. You're like, you got it the one time. And there's also, and he's like, I can skip a brick. Okay. And, and so they do it and, you know, you don't even understand how that happens. But it makes the huge splash, right? And see, here's the thing about skipping rocks. So if, you've ever, if you ever notice this, and I'm sure you have, you take the rock. And if it's a really calm pond... Isn't it crazy kind of how the ripples just start to affect everything? The ripples will go over across the entire pond or the entire lake or whatever that body of water it is, especially if it's really calm. If you've ever just thrown the rock in and you watch the ripple effect that happens over the course of the entire body of water, it's really kind of interesting the way that that happens. You know, a ripple effect is uh, defined really as a situation where an effect from an initial state can be followed outwards incrementally. And what I'm going to propose to you today is that prayer should be that in our life. That prayer can have a ripple effect and should have a ripple effect that affects and has an impact on every aspect of our life. If you were to think of a defining characteristic or a trait about someone maybe that you look up to and respect as a spiritual leader, I can think of some people in my life who I've known my entire life. Some of them are in this room. Uh, people that I really, like spiritual giants maybe in my life. And you had to think of a defining characteristic. I would be willing to bet that one of those things would be that they are a person of prayer. That they pray. And if you were to ask that person, and you were to say, boy, what, what is something that's made like just a big impact in your life? Something that has just made the, the difference in your walk with Jesus? I would be really surprised if one of their top three wasn't prayer, that they were a person of prayer, that they value prayer. So this month, I really feel called and led to bring our church family into a focus on prayer, and not just a month of prayer. I don't, I don't want to just be like, well, this month, we're just going to pray and then move on. No, 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 no. This, this is different. This is, a, this is a deeper understanding of prayer, a a focus on prayer and the value of a life of prayer, a prayer life. Not just, not just a prayer life when you ask somebody, so how's your prayer life? It's just like a thing that they do. But no, 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 no. A, a life of prayer. Because when, when you have a prayer life, everything changes. Everything changes when you put prayer in its proper perspective and you value it in, in the right way. Prayer is the most underutilized it is the most underutilized part of our walk with the Lord. It really is. And adopting a life of prayer is going to have a ripple effect on every aspect of your life in the same way that throwing that rock into a pond has, has a ripple effect on the entire pond. And the thing about prayer, as opposed to other spiritual practices, it's not limited by time. It's not limited by uh, location or finances or abilities. 
though we try to say that it does um, in the abilities part. Um, but that's something we'll talk about next week a little bit. We talked about knowing, loving, and following Jesus, and those three things are unfinished in our life and something that we should be continually working on, getting to know, love, and follow Jesus more. And I would propose to you that prayer, having a life of prayer, is something that, um, that can work on all three of those things. That through the discipline and the power of prayer, that we can work on knowing, loving, and following Jesus more. It is by far, by far, the most referenced spiritual practice in all of Scripture. It is so emphasized in Scripture, yet we dismiss it, or even worse, we're apathetic to it all too often. We're just, it's just maybe not even on our radar any more than it is, you know, maybe when we're at Applebee's or whatever, and we're trying to, you know, because our meal's sitting there. It's, oh yeah, we got to pray. So let's, let's say the prayer. It ends up becoming the last resort as opposed to the first option. Don't get me wrong, praying for our meal is, is fine. But if that is your life of prayer, God wants more for you than that. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Thessalonians. And, uh, and if, you're, if you've got the Bible app, you can feel free to download that and follow along. You can just go down to events and you can, uh, and you can follow right along with everything that, uh, that we're going to be talking about today on the Bible app. And we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians and uh, chapter 5. And we're going to look at this verse um, potentially every week this month because it really has an impact on what we're going to be talking about. Paul says this, Rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, prayer shouldn't just be something we do. It should actually be woven into the very fabric. That's what pray continually means there. It doesn't just mean that that we're always like with our head bowed and our eyes closed and, and just walking around until we trip or something like that, that we're always, always praying. That's not what this means. You know, nearly every principle and approach that Jesus took to prayer, concerning prayer, can really be summed up uh, in these verses. We use a lot of different things to define us. And... Our identity really needs to be wrapped up in, in our Heavenly Father. And what better way to do that than in a spirit of prayer? More often than not, to pray continually means just that. Prayer is actually the spiritual practice that Jesus prioritized the most. Let me read this quote to you. It's not on the screen, so I just want you to listen. It's from a book that I read when I was in school called Quiet Talks on Prayer. It's by S.D. Gordon, and here's what he said. How much prayer means to Jesus. It was not only his regular habit, but his resort in every emergency, however slight or serious. When perplexed, he prayed. When hard-pressed by work, he prayed. When hungry for fellowship, he found it in prayer. He chose his associates and received his messages upon his knees. If tempted, he prayed. If criticized, he prayed. If fatigued in body or wearied in spirit, he had recourse to his one unfailing habit of prayer. Prayer brought him unmeasured power at the beginning and kept the flow unbroken and undiminished. There was no emergency, no difficulty, no necessity, no temptation that would not yield to prayer as he practiced it. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, he spoke seven sentences. He said seven sentences when he was on the cross. 
Three of them were prayers. Jesus valued prayer. He valued prayer so much. We should live a life of prayer and not just have a prayer life. And the reason is your first point here, which is this. Our connection with God is dependent on our communication with him. Our connection with God is dependent upon our communication with him. See, prayer is simply communication with God, and, and he loves to hear from us. We overcomplicate it in many, in many ways, but it really simply is communication with God. And I want to give you some scriptures about prayer because I want, to see, I want you to notice the ripple effect in these verses. And, and there, there are many, many other verses that I could have uh, picked, but, but these are three I, I kind of want to point out here. 1 Peter 4, 7 says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Another translation of that says, let us boldly approach the throne. Um, you know, that, that part about confidence, that's, that's talking about prayer, to be able to boldly go to the throne of the creator of the world, creator of the universe, who can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. What a ripple effect that is. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. There's a whole book written on just that verse that I read that's amazing. Prayer can have a ripple effect on everything. You know, I've been asked many times by people who feel that they are far from God, and we talked about this a little bit. People that feel like they need to refuel. People that, um, that feel like maybe because of the things that are circumstances and the things that they've done in their life that maybe God doesn't, um, that, that they don't just feel, they don't feel God's presence. They feel far from him. And they're like, so Jay, what, what do I do about that? I just don't feel like God's there with me. And many times I will respond with a question about prayer. And I'll ask them, when was the last time you prayed? Or, you know, how is your prayer life? Nine times out of ten, I'll get the answer back. Something along these lines. I can't remember the last time I prayed. Or my prayer life isn't very good other than meals. You know, something, or something in between. See, we, we don't talk to God and then, and then we wonder. And then we wonder why we feel far from him. The ripple effect of prayer is bigger than we realize. Anybody have like habits and routines? Like you have like a morning routine, morning habits, anybody that? Just, it's not just me, I know that. I have a couple habits and a couple of routines. We all have different things that we do as part of our daily routine. I have a, a, a few daily routines that I hope some of you share with me in. Things like showering. <laughs> Good daily routine to have. Just saying. Um, may I emphasize daily routine? Hygiene. Um, you know, brushing my teeth, it's a daily routine. Um, my, <laughs> my cup, my cup of, of coffee, it's water right now. Um, but, you know, I've got a routine with this. One of my other routines is losing this and asking Lauren where I put it. It's another one of my routines that uh, I'm trying to break. But <laughs> I've, I've got a, f a few routines like that. I've also got another one in, in the morning. Um, I will just about every morning, I get up and I will make steel-cut oats with blueberries and, um, 
and I put some brown sugar in there, and then I have my cup of coffee, and I've got some very specific reasons for that um, that I do. And especially on Sunday mornings, I have a very specific routine that I go through um, because I want to be prepared, and, and I kind of know a little bit about me and how I need to be prepared. And so I have some of those kinds of routines and some of those habits that I do. And you know what? During the time that I'm making those oats, because I'm a bit of an oats snob, I'll be honest with you. Don't just give me the regular oats. they got to be steel-cut oats. I'm a snob that way. That's, that's about it. But those take about 20 minutes to make, and, I, and I'll make those by myself. Um, and I will take that time to, to be a, a, a prayer time a lot of times. But we've all got you know, different things that we do. And here's the, here's the deal. Some of the things that are routines for you, some of the things that, that you do, you do them because you see the value in it. You do those things because you see value in it. And sometimes we see, we see it instantly, and sometimes we realize that it, we're going to do this routine, and we're going you know, to have this habit because it's beneficial over time. Those would be good habits, right? It's beneficial over time. Yet prayer, we don't necessarily look at this way. Prayer, we don't look at in the same way. We don't have a habit of prayer. But I would actually push back on that idea a little bit of, of relegating it to a habit and calling it a habit of prayer. Because if you define a habit, it is a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. That feels like it has a negative connotation to me a little bit. See, prayer should not be a habit. This is your next point in your outline. Prayer should not be a habit. It should help define who we are. It's more than that. I am not willing to relegate prayer to just be in a category of biting my nails or picking my nose or drinking coffee or cracking my knuckles. Yeah, I can do that. Can anybody else do that one? Yeah, weird habit routine for me, okay? You can hear it. But like, yeah, some of you are like, oh, I'm out of here. I'm sorry, I won't do it again, I promise. But, but here's the thing. You're going to remember that. Here's the thing. Is that, is that a habit? Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit of a habit. But I'm not willing to put prayer in the same category as that. Prayer is much more important than just that. It's much more, um, should be much more a part of who we are. This isn't on the screen, but David, okay, King David, he was a man uh, who, who was after God's own heart. Is what, the, is what the Bible says. And in Psalm 109, he's, he's writing, and I want you to read this verse. I, I want to read this verse here to you. It says, in return for my friendship, they accused me, but I am a man of prayer. That's Psalm 109.4. And actually, the, the word or the phrase that's used in the original language is best translated there, actually, by, by him saying, but because uh, we talked about how English is kind of dumb and, and the way that the Bible gets translated. Really, a better way for that to be said is that, but I am prayer. So he's saying, things aren't going well in my life. I'm being accused of some things, but I am prayer. It just, it just was who he was. It was a part of the fabric of his being. And so how? How does that happen? Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to value it. We need to, we need to value prayer more. And then we need to put things in place that will give us results. Let me just say this. The reason that we don't pray more, everybody look at me, the reason we don't pray more is because we don't value it enough. That's a hard thing to hear and a hard thing to say, but I'm talking to myself just as much. We don't pray enough because we don't value it enough. That's, that's the truth. 
Jesus valued it. So we need to value it. You spend time on what you value. You just do. You spend time on what you value. Time is the most valuable resource that you have because we all have the same amount of it. We've heard that a hundred times. But it's true. But if we're going to grow and we're going to define our life as a follower of Jesus, then defining our life as a prayer life is a great place to start, isn't it? See, we need a plan in place and we need to understand a few things, though, as, as we move through this. And so I've got a good leadership principle for you that, that I think replies to this, or applies to this, and, and it, can, it really relates to prayer and any spiritual practice, and Jesus modeled this uh, in, in so many ways, and it's this. Consistency over time yields results. Consistency over time yields results. We will be more consistent with anything that we do if we understand and we see the value of it or we're willing to deal with the potential risks because of the value that, that we get from it. Christ Fit Challenge. How many of us are involved in Christ Fit Challenge? Yeah, a lot, a lot of people. We've got like 70. It's amazing. Would have never thought that we would have had that many people sign up for this. But we've got about 70 people signed up for it. And here's the thing. For those of us that have signed up for it, and really for anything else that any of us do in our life, right, we, we are putting value in that, and the end result is worth the sacrifices that need to be made. Are there sacrifices maybe that, that need to be made in your life to have a, a, a prayer life? Potentially. But is it really a sacrifice when you're spending more time with God? With the creator of the universe? Why are we planning our day around that? Or shouldn't it be the other way around? It really should. And so I want to look at some reasons why the ripple effect of prayer is more valuable than we may realize. And I want to give you three reasons why prayer should be valued in your life. And I can give you way more than that. But we're just going to have these three for today. And so um, turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to go Old Testament for a minute. And, uh, and I want to look at this story. And I'm not going to give you a ton of the background of the story because it, it's... Um, you, you, can, you can read the rest of it if you'd like because I want to just see this, this one piece. And I got to say, every time I read this, I'm thinking, man, this would make like a really cool movie if Peter Jackson made this because it really just comes off a little bit like this because it would be so cool. And there are so many like amazing stories like this that you're just like, man, to visualize this, um, I, I, I just can't imagine it. So, so here we go. We're in 2 Kings chapter 6. And Elisha is here, and his, uh, his army, the army of Israel is there, and they are surrounded by the enemy. And his servant, Elisha's servant, gets really nervous. And here's what it says. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha, don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness, as Elisha had asked. That's a really cool story. But here's the principle we get from that. Prayer opens our spiritual eyes. 
Prayer opens our spiritual eyes. See, his servant immediately looked at the circumstances that they were in. They looked at, you know, all, all he saw was the danger. He saw that they were surrounded. And I get it. Right at first, you get up in the morning and you come out of the tent or whatever that they were in, and you're surrounded by an entire army. You're not thinking, nah, we're good. Yeah, I mean, he, like, rightfully so, in many ways, kind of freaked out and went to Elisha. And Elisha's like, time out. Let's pray. And he prays. Because he had such a faith in God because he was a man of prayer. And the power of God shows up through prayer. See, prayer opens our eyes. That servant's eyes were opened to see what God was really doing and to see that God was right there the whole time. Prayer opens our eyes and enables us to see things that we are blinded to without prayer. And that's because prayer is communication. We speak to God and, and God answers us. And he speaks to us and he shows us. And it enables us to get in touch with what God is doing and how he is doing it. There may be circumstances in your life right now where you feel like you're surrounded by an army and you don't know what to do. Let me encourage you to battle it with prayer first and foremost and maybe it'll open your eyes to what God is really doing around you because there might be some things that are happening that you just aren't gonna be able to see without the power of prayer and with God opening your eyes to what's really, really, really happening there. It's amazing what happens when you get intentional and you get with God and you ask him to show you what he's doing in your life and you see him with clarity in ways that you couldn't see any other way. And why is that? Well, this is the next point is that prayer aligns our heart with his. When we're in a spirit of prayer, when we're in a place of prayer, talked about this a few times over the weeks, but it's still worth mentioning here. Prayer aligns our heart with his. When we were in that moment, in that time, in that, in that place of prayer, you may go into that time of prayer really confused. And I'm not saying you're going to have all the answers when you come out of that time of prayer, but I, I'd be willing to bet that you're thinking a lot more clearly when you're resting in the fact that he is really in charge. And you're giving over to the fact that he's really in charge. And all of a sudden, your heart and your desires and your wants and your wishes all of a sudden start to become more aligned and more adjusted. And your thoughts get set differently. Your thoughts get set. Your emotions get put in check, maybe, to where God wants you to be. And your actions become maybe a little bit more clear. Psalm 37, 4 through 5 says, Take delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. But notice it says take delight in the Lord first. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. And he will do this. See, I've said this before. The closer your heart gets to his, the more your desires line up with his. And that's exactly what this is talking about. Prayer aligns our heart with God's. Another thing that it does is the prayer empowers and enables us to move forward. Prayer empowers and enables us to move forward. The empowering of prayer cannot be, cannot be overstated. Prayer engages God. Prayer enables God's people and enlarges his kingdom. 
Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. So why don't we go to him first? John 14, verses 12 through 13, Jesus said this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So it's about bringing glory. It's about bringing glory to God. See, once we have prayed, once we have prayed, we're ready to do anything. But until we have prayed, we can do nothing. And once, once we have prayed, we can really accomplish anything. You are sitting in a place, in a time and in a moment that would have been impossible without prayer. For those of us that have been on the journey of Connect Church and where God has brought us, this is an answered prayer, many prayers, tons of prayers. So much time poured into just praying and seeking God's will and his wisdom for us to be able to be here right now in this place, in this moment. Because now, as we saw, we had 30, 32 people joining the church, answers to prayer. More people coming, new, seeing new faces all the time, answer to prayer. These are the things we've been praying for. Seeing people coming to know Jesus, seeing people being baptized, amazing things, all through the power of prayer. It all began there. This moment that we're in right now has been being prayed for for years up to right now. Think about that for a second. This moment, this time, literally, right now, has been prayed for for years. Enabled by the power of prayer. And for us to move forward to where God wants to take Connect Church, we've got some amazing things in front of us as a church. We've got some amazing things in front of us. And I am so excited about what God wants to do and is going to do. But straight up, if we are not praying, hear me on this. We are not praying. We will not move forward. We won't be able to. We won't be able to if we are not a people of prayer. Max Licato said this. I found this quote this past week, and it's, and it's so awesome. He said this. More than ever, I'm convinced that when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. Think about that. We can work and work and work our fingers to the bone. And we do. We try to. And then we go to God. As opposed to starting from the beginning and saying, God, we need you to work. And it's not that we're not willing to do the work. Hard work is definitely a biblical principle. For sure. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying just sit and pray and wait for everything to happen like God's a genie in a bottle. That's not what, the, that's not what this is saying. But listen to me. If you, don't, if, if, if you think that we're going to be able to move forward with where God wants to take us and the vision that he's given us without prayer, there's no way. There's no way. We need to be a people of prayer. Because this is, what we, this is what we need. We need God to work. We are human and we are going to mess up 
and we're going to make the wrong decisions and, and if, if we try to do this without God. And even with prayer, we are still sinful and can be stupid sometimes. But he's still there. He's still there. And so that's why my connection point for this morning is this. Is to make your life a prayer life. And I know that's really simple. But I really want you to think about what's wrapped up in that. The ripple effect of prayer on your life. This isn't just let me, let me have a better habit. Yeah, it can, it can kind of start that way. I get that. You got to maybe look at your calendar and, and all of those things and make some decisions about what that's going to look like for you. But I can't encourage you enough to walk out of here with a new determination to make your life a prayer life. And you watch the ripple effect that it has on your life. It will change your life. If the only thing that you change in 2020 is that you pray more, it will make a significant difference. It will make a significant difference in your life. Our life needs to be a prayer life. And so what does that look like? What's that look like for you in the morning, maybe? What's that look like for you during the day, in the evening? What... What changes maybe do you need to make as you walk out of here to make that, to make that happen? Are you, are you persistent in your prayer life? Is it something that you can be consistent with? Is it heartfelt or is it just reciting some rhetoric? Because if it is, you might as well just be saying the Pledge of Allegiance or something along those lines. It's going to have the same outcome. Or the lyrics to Jingle Bells, just something that you know. Prayer is not that. Prayer is not just reciting whatever we got to recite to punch the time card and move on. Prayer is communication with God. It's pouring our heart out to our Heavenly Father who wants to hear every last detail. He wants to hear every last detail about our life. And He wants us to go to Him for wisdom and for guidance. What about gratitude? How, how thankful we should be as people. Have you ever just spent time thanking God for all that he has given you, for all that he has done for you? Let me, let me challenge you with this little one, or even dare you to go a whole day praying, not asking for anything, but just thanking God for all that he's given you. It's not that easy to do sometimes. And it will open our eyes to maybe where our heart really is. I dare you this this week to go one day and pray just thanking him. Just thanking him and praising him. You watch the difference that that makes in your perspective and in your view of how God is working in and through your life. Is there someone that you're praying for, maybe? We're, we are definitely a church that wants to see people saved. We're an evangelistic church. And we're going to continue to be that way. But are we, are we praying for people to come to know Jesus? We live in, in a hurting world that needs the hope of Jesus. Are we, are we praying about that? Are we praying about people 
coming to, coming to know Jesus and finding the hope that we have? Is there somebody in your life that you need to be praying for more? Do you have a burden to see the kingdom of God expand? See his will be done. If we make our life a prayer life, our decisions are gonna go through the lens of prayer, our relationships, our finances, our, our parenting, our, you fill in the blank, are gonna go through the lens of prayer. It's not gonna just be a habit, it's gonna be who we are. And that's what needs to happen for us to move forward. Would you stand with me? Stand with me and, and, and bow your head if you could. I want to challenge you to seek him in prayer. To seek him in prayer and your life is going to become defined as prayer. And if your life is defined as prayer, then you'll see God move in ways that you can't imagine. There may be some, some here or, or that you don't feel like, as I, as I was talking about earlier, that you can, that you can even talk to God, that you, that you can pray to him. Maybe you don't have a relationship with him. Maybe you didn't realize that, that God loved you so much that he wants to hear from you about anything and everything. We get into the, I said it wrong, or I have to say it this way, or, or all of that. And we're gonna talk about those things next week. But none of those things are true. God wants to hear from you. He wants to hear your heart. And he wants to give you a home in heaven. And if you're not 100% sure that you have a relationship with Jesus, if you're not sure that if you were to die right now that you would spend eternity with him, with the, with the God of the universe who wants to hear from you and wants to talk to you and wants you to talk to him, then today could be the day that you make that decision. And if you want to know more about that, I would love to talk with you. I'd love to pray with you. I'd just, I'd just love to know right now. If that's, if that's you, if you're not 100% sure, could you do something that's non-invasive? Nobody's going to know. It's just going to be me and you. All you got to do is look at me in the eye. If you maybe want to know more about that, would you be willing to just look at me in the eye and just me and you and God will see that. Then we could talk afterward. If I don't see you, come hunt me down. Jesus, I love you, Lord, and Father, I, I praise you, and I thank you that we can come to you in prayer at any time. I thank you that you want to hear from us. And Father, I just pray for us as a, as a people, Lord, that, that we would value prayer more. God, that we would understand the power of coming to you in prayer. Lord, and that we would value that as something that, that is not just something we do, but Lord, it's something that, that, is, that, that defines who we are. It's a part of the very fabric of our being. God, that, we can, that our life can just be defined as a prayer life. As a follower of you, that my life is a prayer life. Lord, I know I want that. God, if there is one here that doesn't know you, as Savior, God, I pray that whatever is maybe standing in the way of them coming to know you, Lord, that they would, that that would get removed, God, that whatever distraction that might be would, would, would get pushed aside, Lord, and that they would come to know you as Savior today. God, I, I love you and I thank you. We worship you.
In Jesus' name.